Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. Yeah. Yep, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. Fresh install. All new drivers. Fresh and clean. But same old bullshit. Winning. Winner. (laughs) Sorry for the delay on the podcast. We didn't have it last week because we had a bunch of audio bullshit going on i'm the audio man right so you you would think wait why are you having audio issues well i wanted i was thinking about this this week and i wanted just to say this before we get into the episode is that now this is this is interesting when you think about this in the in the grand scheme in the big picture here okay i can very easily just plug in a usb microphone and pop it up in front of me and talk and we're done right now the only thing that can go wrong well i better not say that because there's other things but one of the only things that could possibly go wrong with that setup is that something is wrong with the mic, the USB cable, or there's something inside the PC that's wrong. Correct? Correct. My setups are never that easy. Never. They've never been. My mom tells a story all the time, or used to tell a story all the time, of when I was a little boy in the bathtub. I was sitting in the bathtub, and I took my toys... And in our bathtub, we had like, you know, the little, little like um, plexiglass cylinder handle railing thing in there, right? Well, there was like a little notch cut out, right? So the handle's there, it's like a notch cut out. And then there's this little like shelf, right? Where you put like your bar soap or whatever, or whatever, shampoo bottles, whatever. I used to take my toys when I was taking a bath as a kid and take these toys and assemble them and put them in a certain way and use the wash rag and do use the, the stuff that was in there. Uh, bars of soap. I would use all kinds like containers of things and I would make it so that like it was a machine and I would put like a toy, like you drop a marble and it would go do, 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 all the way down. Or I would do weird stuff like that. And while I was a little kid and um, I've come to realize that I do that in my adult life as well. My setups are very complex, a lot of times complicated. And when you have when you have big setups like this, you introduce many, many areas where issues can come from. And it's not always easy to find where these issues come from. And so as such, you have a, your troubleshooting skills are usually they'd be very, very good because you're troubleshooting a lot. That's what I'm doing a lot of the time is I'm troubleshooting, but I'm also learning a lot of stuff. Um, so that's just one thing to keep in mind. Make it as complex or as simple as you want to do for your setups. I guess that's kind of just a little little side tangent, a little uh, rant. Because I had issues last week. I recorded the entire episode. It's done. I still have it on my hard drive on another computer. It's done. But five seconds in, we had audio issues. It was basically cutting out. And I, I posted a small clip on Discord. If you want to go on there and, and listen to it, you can. It's there. And I couldn't salvage it. I threw it into Pro Tools. I I was getting out all my my uh, audio repair plugins. I was getting ready to try to put in some work. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to I'm not going to get rid of all the gaps through an hour episode. 
it's just it's too much work. So I come to find out it actually was a sample rate issue. Something happened and sample rate changed five seconds into my recording. And uh, yeah, it fucked it up. So um, I actually went through and took that opportunity to completely flush out all the drivers, every audio driver on my streaming PC here. Uh, or my podcast recording PC. I had Sound Blaster drivers, I had Realtek audio drivers, and I had Focusrite uh, Scarlet drivers, which is the interface that I used to record this podcast. So I deleted all those drivers, reset the computer. This is kind of just troubleshooting 101, I guess. And this is something that may help some of you. All right, so go in and delete. Um, you can even go into your hardware manager, device manager, delete it completely, all the drivers out of there, um, and then reset the computer. Reset the computer, came back on. Nothing was there. It said, oh, no audio. It had the speaker with a, with a red X through it. Absolutely no audio drivers whatsoever. I can't play audio. We're good. That's exactly what I wanted. I went and re-downloaded fresh new uh, drivers off their website, off Focusrite's website, which they did have patch notes saying there were sample rate issues. I was like, for fucking, are you serious? Like, I was tripping out. I was like, this, this can't be real. I don't know if that was exactly like it was because of those drivers, but it was it was pretty much because of those drivers. Downloaded fresh drivers. Boom. Here we are. And I and I will say I made a mistake last episode. I made a mistake, folks. I went against another uh, rule that I have is I forgot to press record on the backup recorder. If I would have hit record on my backup, we would have had the episode. No problem. I would have had to spend another couple of hours in editing and EQing and compression and compressing and doing all this stuff. But we would have had the episode. I would have had clean audio. And I failed to do that. I was excited to record. That's the excuse. Whatever. There's no excuse. I shouldn't have. I should have hit record. So don't make that mistake. I have it recording right now. I'm monitoring it. I see it. I've got levels over there. We're good. I don't know. A little, this is a little audio side tangent. You know, when I have stuff like this that happens, I think it's good to talk about it because we all go through issues and troubleshooting and scenarios where something's wrong or something's messed up and you like... We talked, we talked about this earlier, you know, you, you'll go to YouTube, you may look up trying to like, how do I fix this? How do I do this? How do I, you know, you'll, you'll try to figure it out on your own. And I think it's good to have just a friend there to uh, hopefully learn something from bless you, my dear, uh, to have a friend to help you with something, you know, and that's, you know, Hey, if you're, if you're in audio, you're into tech stuff, you know, you're going to have issues with it. <laughs> so I hope that's helpful. Hey, uh, I didn't, you know, we didn't even get into the episode here, ladies and gentlemen, are we on episode 40? Is this 40? I don't even remember. I've recorded it five times. I should know. Episode 40 uh, it is uh, February 3rd, 2020. Yes, baby. Round of applause to all of the amazing patrons you see on your screen. Game Loft patrons, main floor patrons, ground floor patrons. Y'all are amazing. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. That's the website. And I would love for you to go there and check it out. This podcast is alive and here right now because of the support from all the people you see on your screen right here. Truthfully, it's because of their support. So thank you. And speaking of such, Alice, welcome to Patreon. We're welcoming Alice to the show here. Been a great community member in Discord and finally decided to jump on and have a whirl on Patreon, thank you so much for your support. Appreciate that. Also sent in a great audio question, uh, a voicemail that we're going to get to at the end of the show. So we'll take care of that for you as well. We actually have a lot. We have, I think, five or six voicemails that have come through. 
about gaming goals. Good stuff. I want to thank everyone for submitting to that. 503-908-5490 is the phone number for that. If you want to submit and call and leave me a voicemail about anything and everything, we'd love to talk about it. We're talking about gaming goals of 2020 still. So if you've got something there you want to send over, I would love to play it, get on the show and have a discussion. And we're going to do that at the end of this show. I got, I think, five or six of them. So, okay, let's jump right in. I've got some random news. Uh, we got this week in gaming history. Have a little bit of uh, tech stuff, maybe some gaming news with patents. Nintendo's in the news there talking about some of that stuff. Uh, just a quick overview. What, do I, what else we got here? Um, some Half-Life stuff, maybe some Asus uh, news here, and some tech stuff. Amazon's in the news. Some smartphone. Oh, a discussion on smartphones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Germany has to pay Microsoft a whole shitload of money. We'll talk about that. Uh, so the random news though, at the time of me recording this, which was like a week and a half ago now, Taco Bell's nacho fries are coming back, <laughs> but guess what? They've already been back and we've had them twice already because we love them. They are actually very, very good. Dip those, dip them right in that nacho cheese, just bam. And then right to the face. Boom. So good. So good. January 30th is when they returned and they're excellent. They're returning with a spicy twist, a buffalo chicken. It's basically their shredded chicken with buffalo sauce. All right, so don't get it twisted. It's nothing like new or crazy. The buffalo sauce, however, is new to Taco Bell. They've never had that before ever. They've never had buffalo chicken or buffalo sauce for that matter. They've had all kinds of other sauces, but never buffalo. So give them a shot. Give them a try. I have, and I really, really liked them. Get them by themselves, get them buffalo chicken, get them, you know, just, just get them and pour them, just pour them over my head. Uh, this is some news that we, we already kind of knew about and we talked about it in the past, but Mario will be invading Orlando with his very own theme park. We talked about this earlier. We knew about like Super Nintendo Land or Super Mario World Land, or we, we didn't really know what it was going to be called and whatnot. We heard rumors about it, but it is official. It is going to be a theme park in Florida, part of the um, Universal uh, family. We'll talk here about it here. I made some notes. Um, executives at Comcast, which is the parent company of NBC Universal, they announced in a recent earnings call that the upcoming fourth park at Orlando Universal will be Nintendo themed. So it's going to be part of that Universal family. Aside from the Nintendo aspect, What's currently known is that the new area will be located a few miles from the main Universal Orlando campus, and it will encompass 750 motherfucking acres. That's pretty big. The new park, which is actually part of a larger expansion of the Universal Orlando, is scheduled to open in 2023. What? 2023! So it's like going to Disneyland. Y'all have a couple of years to save up, which will probably take you about that long to save up enough money to buy your admission ticket. It is so fucking expensive to get into these places. Does anyone else live around there? Anyone live in Florida? And like, how, how, what is a day pass to go to universal? Or like, if you live in Anaheim, who lives in California? What is a day pass to go to Disneyland? Like just street street pass. Like what? It's just crazy, man. Just crazy. Um, Insane stuff there. I didn't have a whole lot of uh, random stuff. Just a couple things that was on the radar there. Uh, I love to talk about some gaming news. Let's just jump right. Let's not even fuck around. All right. It's been it's been a week. We've had a week off. Let's just jump into this shit. 
a patent has been filed by Nintendo that um, has finally gone in and been official. It's been published, as they call it. So patents get filed left and right, like all the time. And we may or may not even hear about them or know about them. But once they actually become published, then they become public domain. And we can kind of look at it. And that's what a lot of people are doing. And a lot of people follow that closely. Well, last June, Nintendo filed a patent in the United States involving a touch pen attachment to the Switch Joy-Con. It was finally published last week and is public knowledge. So now we have some pictures, we have some things to show, and I'll let you see that in a second here. Um, the Joy-Con, uh, it's basically a little nub that's at the top of the little um, Joy-Con extender piece. You know, that slides on and it gives you the, like the L and R buttons and the wrist strap. Um, I'm not going to lie. It looks like a penis head. You know, it's cool. I mean, that's cool. That's what we can, we can best, you know, resemble that as. Um, but it makes the Joy-Con a like touch pen, basically. Now I can't imagine that touch that that <laughs> I can't imagine the tip of the nub to be like rubber or something, right? Because it has to be able to to touch the screen and slide on the screen, right? So it has to have the ability to have high high friction, right? You can't have it like touch it and then um get stuck, right? So it'd be very interesting. Um, you know, some ideas. Some of these patents are just ideas, right? They're just trying to get these ideas like kind of laid out so that they have it and that they own it. And sometimes they never come to be, but it's something to, to take a look at. Uh, I have a shot here of this. Every time I hit record, it never does this anymore. I, my hotkeys never work. So there's the patent there. There's what it looks like. Um... And it shows a picture of like someone drawing something, right? So there's someone like uh, picking like a box and it says there vibrates in response to the object being touched. So it's going to, it looks like it's going to be also using like the haptic feedback and vibration of the controllers. That makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't it? So it's basically just that little extender, that, <laughs> that little extender with a little nub on top. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really see like what we would use that for maybe drawing or something. Right. I don't know. One bit of this does get me excited though. I'm like, uh, yeah, I would like Mario paint. Can we get a, a Mario paint on switch? Hello. Sign me up. Are you leaving me? Are you going? <laughs> I know <laughs> Steph came in and waved at me. I'm like, are you leaving me? <laughs> She's out of here. <laughs> All right. Good night. Have a good sleep. Love you too. I'll see you in there. Um, so Stadia is not doing very well. I think we all could have guessed that. But uh, if you're interested, maybe Verizon uh, Fios, maybe the, the gigabit plan, you, you're looking for a little internet. Fuck, man. If you go sign up for Verizon Fios right now and get the gigabit plan, you will get a Stadia Premier Edition, three-month Stadia Pro subscription, a Stadia controller and a Chromecast Ultra for free. Sounds pretty good if you're into that sort of thing. I don't think Stadia is great because it's kind of fucked. You have to pay monthly for the service and then you also have to buy the games at not that much of a discount. And then you're getting a subpar experience with input lag, latency, pixelation, and network connectivity issues. We said this from day one, man. Okay, if you live in San Fran and you're next to fucking Google servers, like you probably will 
it will probably be great. I bet you they're landing up in plain stadia in the Google offices perfectly. Okay. But in the real world and put it into practice, the infrastructure of the internet in the United States is not ready for something like this. And we learned this earlier already in 2010 when on live was coming out 2011, when it was released, we learned that I did a video on it. I was there at PAX. They gave me an on-live system for free, a controller and a box and all the cabling. I still have it. We tried it. It it didn't really work. And that's why they failed. So, sure, we've come pretty far. But I don't think that our in internet infrastructure is ready for this yet. And uh, not saying that this article means that they're doing bad. It just says that, that they've found their first partner to partner with and try to, you know, spark some interest and get that going. So, hey, if you want to try it, there's a good opportunity to try it. Even at the end of your three-month subscription, if that runs out and you cancel, you still keep the controller and the uh, Chromecast Ultra. Controller, useless. Can't use it for anything. Maybe, maybe you can. There'll be some third-party drivers. Maybe someone will hack it or do whatever. And the Chromecast Ultra, that would be that's useful though. You can still use that, so that's a pretty good deal. All right, um, it's ten bucks a month, just so you know. If you uh, end up keeping it, Stadia Premier Edition goes for around one thirty, so that's about what you're saving if you sign up. Okay, this is a great little heartwarming article. I saw this article of a dad that built a custom controller for his disabled daughter to play Zelda, and they use the Xbox Adaptive Controller, and I think that is so brilliant that. The Xbox adaptive controller can be used for so many great things. And this dad took it to the next level. And uh, his name is Roy Steele. He built this custom pad for his daughter who's been itching to play some Zelda. And it's fantastic and very heartwarming. I just want to do a, just a quick little mention of this. Look at this. Look at her face. She's just absolutely thrilled, overjoyed. And look at that beautiful ass controller. Dude, I would, I would play any game on that thing. Look at it. Put freaking... LED lights in there. It looks really nice. Love it. Absolutely love it. What a great story. Dad of the year right there. Um, most people know this already, but I wanted to make a quick mention of it is that all the Half-Life games on Steam right now, well, not all, but pretty much all of them are, I guess I'll say, I want to say, though, they're free. They're free to play for two months. So, so Steam and Valve, they're doing something to try to promote half-life alex which is their new half-life vr experience game that's coming out in march so they're promoting that by saying hey all the half-life games are free to play for the next two months until the release of half-life alex so if you haven't played half-life yet definitely jump on it get in there and uh, give it a shot there's some of the greatest games ever made honestly um march 2020 i don't remember what the date they probably have the date i don't say what the date is i don't have a I don't have a VR headset, so I'm not like jumping for joy over this. You know what I mean? Um, but it's going to be amazing. You know, it's going to be done right. I bet you Half-Life Alex with the uh, Steam or Valve Index is going to be unfucking real. I bet you it's going to be just so incredible. Can only imagine. Um, so basically, yeah, you get to play the games for like two months. Um, and then after, after that, you won't be able to keep them. But who doesn't own Half-Life already? I don't. I don't know. Is there, there may be a whole generation of people who maybe never have played it. I don't know. I don't know. This is all, this is all new to me. It's all news to me, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, 
This is kind of tech and gaming related. I put it under gaming just for the hell of it. But Asus says they can make your monitor bezels disappear. This could be some cool news if you have like a double, dual or a triple monitor setup. Um, Asus and its ROG bezel free kit. Uh, ABF01 is the model number. I don't know why I wrote that in there. It installs between the monitors and it's set at a precise angle and presto changeo, bezels disappear. Just like magic, but in fact, it's not magic. It's just a trickery, fuckery little optical illusion. Um, it'd probably be better for me just to actually show it to you. Show you the picture of it. Bum, ba -da -bum. So there it is with it. There it is without. All right, so what we have here is this basically piece of plastic that attaches to to the angle of the monitor right in the center. And it uses light refraction to kind of optical illusion, blend the pictures and the colors and the light together to make it look like there's no bezel there. So it's kind of just using like light refraction, something like that. And, and these pictures, it looks actually kind of legit. It looks kind of nice. Um, I went to Amazon to look them up. It's $109 for pack of two so that would accommodate triple monitor setups but man i mean 109 bucks for you know some of that that's kind of like that's definitely kind of steep i think um that and the reviews were not very good at all they're like this is completely garbage and i think i think this is a cool idea and concept but i think that we have we have a lot of variables that play a role in this like um how thick your bezels are um, also the type of game you're playing with the lighting, also the light in your room, uh, depending if there's overhead light or side lighting, like there's a lot of variables that will play a role in this looking good or not. And, uh, you always are going to see a little bit of that plastic there. You just are. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's over, maybe it's like glasses, like over time you just realize, you just don't even realize you're wearing them. Right. Or like a hat. You just don't even realize you're wearing a hat after a while, but, uh, I don't know. Interesting. I thought that was kind of cool to to show. Maybe down the road we'll have something cool that we'll go over there and you won't even notice we'll be there. How about that? A little uh, gaming news for you. How about this week in gaming history? You guys ready for a little bit of that fun stuff? This week in gaming history. <laughs> I don't know what that last part was. Uh, this is the segment of the show where we talk about games that have been released in the past during the week that this podcast goes live. And this is outdated at this point, and I'm sorry, but we're going to do it anyway. All right, so it's January 27th through February 2nd. That would be yesterday as we're recording this. And I'm sorry. Sorry. I'll do a double batch next week. January 27th, it actually is kind of, I should have just re, I should have just added to all this because it's kind of a light, light week. But anyway, January 27th, you know, this makes sense that it's a light week, right? Because all the game developers and publishers, they want their games to get out for the December and holiday push. So it makes sense that it's kind of a light week. This is the first, basically the first month, you know, the end of the first month in um, the new year. So it makes sense. Okay. January 27th, 2004, Sonic Heroes on PS2 and Xbox was released. <clears throat> 2015, the one, the only, the amazing 
One of the greatest games of this generation, folks. Dying Light on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Brilliant, brilliant game. Techland, you guys should be celebrated. January 28th, next day, 1998, Final Fantasy Tactics on PS1 was released. 2002, Tekken Advance on GBA. And I put this in here because I'm like, whoa, 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 what? Tekken on Game Boy Advance? Who the fuck has played that? If you have played it, please tell me. I want to go look up a YouTube video of this. I had no idea that Tekken was on the Game Boy Advance. That, I want to say that can't be very good, but... Game Boy Advance is like a portable Super Nintendo and well, Super Nintendo is fucking amazing. So there you go. But if you played it, let me know. I'm really curious. Moving on to the next day, January 29th. This is a great day. The one, the only, the incredible, amazingly gory right here. It's right here. It's right here. I don't even need to do it. I just, here it is. Duke Nukem 3D folks right here. Round of applause for Duke. It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. I'm all out of gum. I'll rip your head off and shit down your neck. Damn, I'm looking good. Your face, your ass, what's the difference? Uh, 1998, Bust a Groove on PS1 in Japan was released. And same day, same year, 98, Panzer Dragoon Saga on the Saturn, the Sega Saturn in Japan. Same day, same year. That's a big day. 1998, The Last Blade on Neo Geo. Got a little Neo Geo love stepping in here. Uh, moving forward uh, 20 years or so, 2018, Kingdom Hearts 3 on PS4 and Xbox One. Man, I remember that day. Good day. Good day. I remember that day. I went to work that day. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells. Steph is in the closet. She's getting a rug doctor. I don't know what she's doing in there. I'm just kidding. Um, January 30. I, I wrote 33rd. 31RD because I typoed. It's 31st. In 1999, Silent Hill on PS1. In 2000. The one that started it all, The Sims on PC. How about that? And in 2008, Devil May Cry 4 on PS3 and 360. Uh, next day, February 1st in 1996, Assault Rigs on PS1 was released. It's a great game. I love that one. Um, in 1997, Game & Watch Gallery on the original Game Boy in Japan. Now, this was kind of a compilation uh, with all of the original versions of the Game & Watch handheld system. Remember that? So this was really, really cool. Uh, a couple games that came out that day in 2000, one of them, Road Rash Jailbreak on PS1, which mm, I kind of, I prefer the original. You know, they try to do, they try to do stuff. They need to bring that franchise back. I agree with that. I know we have, uh, what is it? Ro road something? Uh, fuck. It's it's done by uh, oh, the developer is the same uh, people who... Uh, Tripwire. Tripwire, I think, has done, has done that. Uh, fuck, I don't remember the name of the game. Hopefully you guys are yelling at your speakers right now. Telling me. Uh, you'll remind me. Uh, and the next game that came out, same day, same year, Wild Metal on Dreamcast. 
wild. Metal. It's metal that's wild. 2001, Mega Man X5 on PS1 was released. Good day. That was February 1st. Hello, February. Hello, sir. What can I do for you today? Should I inspect that day a little closer with my monocle? It's Mr. Monocle to you there, Colonel Mustard. Hello. Priscilla Peach, or whatever the fuck her name is. Miss Scarlet, that's her name, Miss... Mr. Monocle. February 2nd, in 1984, Pinball on NES in Japan. Yes. Pinball. This is what I love about gaming in the 70s and 80s. When you wanted to play a game, you didn't name your game fucking Road Rash Jailbreak or Devil May Cry 4 or Panzer Dragoon Saga. No, fuck no. You didn't name your game that. In the 70s and 80s, they said to them, you know, what do you want to play? And you're like, hmm... I want to play pinball. Like, here you go then. Here's your game. Pinball. You walk into the fucking store. You walk into a a radio shack and you walk in there and you're like, hmm, I'm interested in um, sports games. They're like, okay, great. Come on over to the wall. You walk over to the wall and they're like, here's your choice of sports games. Do you like baseball? And you're like, yeah, I love baseball. And they go to the wall and they say, here you go. Baseball. They didn't give a fuck about naming anything crazy. There's like, what else do you want to play? Oh, let me guess. You're interested in hockey. Ah, you're interested in hockey. I got a game for you. Here it is. Hockey. No fancy terms. Wayne Gretzky's fucking pissed. It's just hockey. That's what I love about it. In 1990, Super C on NES. The amazing Super C. Super Contra. Love that game. Love it, love it, love it. 1994, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 on Genesis. Uh, 2009, Ultimate Shooting Collection on Wii. That is a nice bundle of uh, shooters, of shmups. And if you can find that game, definitely pick it up. I mean, it was in the like cheap dollar bins for years. For years, no one wanted that. And uh, I think it's brilliant. It's, it's a wonderful game. And finally, the one, the only, the amazing, the incredible 2016's American Truck Simulator on PC. Yes. Round of applause. In fact, folks, non-shameless plug, I was just streaming that tonight before I sat down here to do this show. Literally, I, I walked from my sim rig, got up, walked over here, turned everything on, and hit record. I just did a like, three and a half hour stream of Truck Simulator. We had some great times. Thanks to everyone who came out, all the subscribers, everyone, all, a bunch of new followers, meeting a bunch of new friends and new faces. It's so heartwarming. It really is. But playing that game on the simulation rig with the wheel and the pedals and the shifter, and I have my inf- uh, my uh, IR uh, head tracker piece that I put on. So I look, and in the game, it looks, at, and it's like one-to-one. I can look around the cabin, and oh my God, it's so good. So good. That game right there, incredible. Great mod support. Super, super awesome. They keep releasing DLC. Honestly, it's it's the best. February 2nd. I didn't even make a... Fuck, I didn't even make a mention of it. I was streaming. I didn't even mention. It was his birthday. Holy fucking shit. Wow, forgot. 
So good, though. So good. Ladies and gentlemen, that was This Week in Gaming History. Oh, fuck it. Fuck sake. How about a little uh, reverb? How about a little uh, tech news? Let's hit some tech news, talk about a few things before we get into some of these amazing questions. I would love to, to get down on there. Let's see, make sure that everything's good here. Okay. Um, here we go. Amazon, what are they working on? Taking over the world. They're actually working on a, uh, some technology that will turn your hand into a credit card. Yes, I'm not shitting you. Uh, they're working on technology that will allow customers to connect their credit card information to their hands that can then be scanned in for purchases with their palms. Yes, with their palms. It's like a fingerprint, basically. Um, they filed a patent for this. Are you ready for this? Here comes the quotes. All right, put on your thinking cap. Here it is. A patent they filed for a non-contact biometric identification system. That's what it's called. Features a hand scanner to produce a picture of the person's palm. Amazon already has major plans to expand its Amazon Go stores, which, as we know, allow shoppers to go in without cashiers or checkout. They just basically walk in there, grab whatever the fuck they want, and walk out. And it has cameras and sensors, and it notices that you're there, and then it charges your car that you have on file with them. Um, Look. If you want some fucking Pringles, don't chop off my hand and take it to the fucking Safeway. Just ask me, okay? I'll buy them. Don't, don't take my palm print. You want some Pringles? I'll just fucking buy them for you. I'm, I'm going to make a prediction about something that I've been thinking about these last couple of weeks. I think smartphones have kind of hit the threshold. They've hit kind of the top. Apple... Google, Samsung, LG, they all make really high-end phones. They Now, Apple's always had an expensive phone. But these other companies have usually had their flagship phones and then a couple of phones that are like more budget-friendly that are still good. Doesn't mean that they're bad. But with maybe less features, maybe not as great stats, maybe lower storage, there's some compromise. I think we've hit a plateau where... All the companies now are saying, no, fuck that. We're giving you high-end phones because everyone's going to spend a thousand bucks on iPhones every year. We want a piece of the pie too. So Samsung, LG, um, uh, Huawei, all these other companies are like making these expensive phones now and people are buying them. But that's starting to decline this, not just this year, the last year, it's actually, it started a few years ago. People are not going out every year and replacing their phones. This is, this is something that we've talked about before. It's actually a whole article about this. People are not upgrading because they don't need to because their phones that they currently have work great, are fully functional, and the new features of the new phones don't really give a benefit to upgrading and paying that kind of money. So people aren't. And so Apple is feeling the the push, you know, Samsung, LG, they're all feeling like, well, people aren't buying these phones. Like, what the fuck's going on? Well, that's what's going on. You've made such a great phone already, and we already have them. We're not going to buy them. So as such, we're starting to see other companies kind of enter the fray. I mentioned this in like maybe two or three episodes ago. TCL, that company who's been doing, making great waves in the TV business, making cool, uh, affordable 
TVs that have like Roku and all these great things, Hulu and Hulu, Hulu and all these other streaming um, apps and things like that built in. They update, they can connect to the internet and do all this great stuff. And they look good and they're affordable. And they're honestly, they're great so far. People remember when Vizio came out and people laughed I'm like, I'm not buying that piece of shit. I don't even know. What is a, what is a Vizio? It's like off brand shit. And now look at Vizio. They're fantastic. Well, I think TCL is going to be kind of going to that, going to be in that same, same realm. I think in five years, TCL, we're going to be hearing about them quite a bit. They, they're coming out with a phone and we talked about this last episode a little bit, a smartphone. All right. And it's going up against uh, the biggest and best Androids and even some of the Apple iPhones. Uh, TCL 10 Pro is what it's called. All right. It has capabilities that even the flagship Apple iPhone 11 Pro lacks like in-screen fingerprint sensing, four camera lenses. And here's the big news. It retails at 500 bones, 500 bucks, 500 bucks retail. That's pretty good. There'll be promos and sales and stuff like that. But 500 bucks, that's a, that's a sweet spot. I think that's a great sweet spot for a high-end phone. I think 1000 is too much. 500 I think it's just about right. Um, because of these prices skyrocketing and people not upgrading, not wanting to get something, I think that that generates and creates a market for kind of a um, a more budget-friendly, and I don't want to say mid-tier, because honestly, the technology has gotten so good. It's like, it's like in 1985, in 1986, if you were to go like buy a car, getting one with anti-lock brakes, getting one with uh, power steering, getting one with AC, power windows, those all would be options and additional and expensive options too, right? They would be. Five or six years later, in 1990, 91, 92, 93, actually, those all became pretty much common practice and almost standard across the board, right? Same sort of thing is happening, I think, with the cell phone stuff. Technology has gotten really, really good, and all these phones have all the stuff anyway, right? So for them to offer something at 500 bucks is a great, great deal, a great steal. Um, so yeah, TCL 10 Pro. So be on the lookout for that. But also, my prediction is this. You're probably like, what the fuck was your prediction? <laughs> My prediction is this, this year it will start. And in the coming two years, we're going to see a flood of reasonably priced, uh, very efficient and feature packed smartphones that are going to be around that $500 range. And they're going to be from all these manufacturers minus Apple. Apple's not going to do it. They don't give a fuck, but the other companies, they will because there's going to be a big market for that. I think that there is because we've hit the top. We've already, we're already fucking there. They can't come back and say, oh, iPhone 12, it's great. And it's um, has 600 cameras on the back and it's $1,200. They can't say that. No one's going to, I mean, okay, I don't want to say no one because people will buy it. But 1200 bucks, 1100 bucks, it's too much. It's too much. Now when you can go spend 500 bucks and get something from LG or Samsung or TCL or or Motorola even. I mean, they just came out with a new uh, flip, the the Razer again. Like, it's a foldable phone. Like, that's shit. That's pretty good, you know? And I think it's cheaper than iPhone. Or is it not? No, that was like 1500 bucks or something. Never mind. That's a pretty steep penny. <laughs> so anyway, that's my prediction. It's this year, we're going to start seeing budget-friendly, great smartphones coming into that $500, $600 range. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. 
So what's up with Germany? Yes, you may have heard of this. Um, Germany has to pay Microsoft for failing to upgrade to Windows 10. Last winter, Microsoft announced that Windows 7 would reach its end of life January 14th, 2020. In other words, the company will not be releasing any updates for their operating system, even crucial security patches. Yes, that happens. Uh, every version of Windows has gone through the end of life. Um, after that date, the public had to upgrade before that date. Well, I mean, you can stay on it, but you just won't get security patches, which basically is just, you might as well just open up your wallet or unzip your purse and just be like, here you go. Like, you know, you don't want to do that. That's a bad idea. Um, Microsoft gave the public nearly a year to make the move to Windows 10, but Germany's government did not upgrade in time. And this was an article from a German newspaper. Uh, the German Federal Ministry has at least 33,000 computers that are running Windows 7. And as a result, we'll have to pay Microsoft $887,000 to extend the security updates. <clears throat> That's the fee for that. Holy shit. Um, Microsoft does offer extended security updates to enterprises and business clients, but they do charge a hefty price for it. Uh, ZDNet reported this, that the company will charge 50 bucks per machine during the first year. And uh, after the end of life support, that price will increase every single year. They don't upgrade. Oh, think about it. When a, com when a, a company has thousands of computers, that adds up pretty freaking quickly. So yeah, that sucks, man. That really sucks. It's tough too. And I feel bad for them because there are honestly every single day there's there's a, a small town in Montana somewhere or you know a, a town somewhere or even a big even in a big city who have this old old way of doing things these old computers that are running Windows 98 that never been upgraded they don't need to upgrade them because they don't do shit with them anymore but they still need them for like this one little task I get it I get it it's expensive like and and they don't want to upgrade. I understand that completely. Only well, problem is, is that these cities are getting hacked. You know, these emails, these, these phishing emails are going out. People are getting hacked. Shit's getting fucked up. Malware is getting installed. It's just not, not good. It's just not good for anyone. And I feel, I feel super bad for, for all of them. Um, and I fought, honestly, I fought windows seven for a long time. I was like, no, fuck that. Even when, even when windows, uh, even when Microsoft offered free Windows 10 upgrades, I'm like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. I didn't. I just, I stayed on 7 and I loved it. And I still love 7. I think 7 is, I think Windows 7 was one of the best versions of Windows. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I've, I've been enjoying 10. I like 10 a lot. I think it has a lot of the features that 7 does and XP does. I like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't had too many problems with it other than things here and there, but. It's pretty rock solid. Um, so if you haven't upgraded, uh, definitely do so. Speaking of PCs, I'm going to say, I want to mention real quick, this will be probably in the net, over the next couple of months. I'm going to work on, I was in the garage organizing some things. Remember I told you last week I fucking hit my foot and cut it open. Well, that day I was out there in the garage and I came across all, I came across my old studio PC that has all of my old music. Well, some of my old music old programs, old things like that. Um, I also 
came across three other PCs that I've had, a Windows 98 machine, and then I think they're two XP machines, and they have different games on them and a bunch of stuff. I honestly, what I want to do is I want to just take them from the garage. I haven't plugged them in in over 20 years, easily. And I want to just plug them in, turn them on for the first time. I want to record all the footage and just explore on the computer and look at it and see what's in there, find my old music, maybe play some songs that are in there, maybe have a good laugh about stuff. You know, maybe find all of my old porno tape. Or I'm sorry. I mean, not, not that, not, um, I meant music, all my music that's in there. <laughs> no, it could be really fun. Just going back and looking at old 98 machine. Maybe I'll pull out some old PC games that I have and see if I can install something and play something, you know, just do it all like live, like on Twitch or just all recorded. I don't know. It could be a lot of fun. I think that would be fucking dope. How about that? It'd be a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun, we have amazing, amazing voicemail. So we're going to hop right into them. Um, the phone number is 503-908-5490. If you uh, want to give a call, if you have free long distance, please go, go for it. Do so. Call it up. It goes right to my voicemail. Just leave me a message there and ask me anything. You want to talk about something? You want to talk about your gaming goals of 2020? That's what we're talking about in this episode. So let's continue that. Uh, or anything that you feel like you want to talk about. Maybe you want to um, hit me up with some knowledge about some stuff. Maybe you want to talk about some smartphone stuff. Whatever. Hit me up. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. And if you're outside of the U.S., shout out to Alice for asking me about this. Um, if, you, if you are outside the U.S. and it's long distance and expensive to do that, record yourself and email it to me. I am still absolutely accepting the emails. Live at gmail.com. That is the email. Would be happy to do so. Um, so yeah, we're going to hop in. Let's get my email up and we'll start talking about, uh, let's just see what you guys are. What's on your mind. Uh, where's the first one here? Here's the first one. Let's load it on up and the old, the old IPID, the old iPad, the pad of eyes. <laughs> I think this will work. Let's try it out. Let me shut this shit down here. Stop mirroring. And if I hit play. If I hit play, it should go. Hey, Jason, this is Ryan. Uh, I just want to uh, say that I've been listening to your podcast since about uh, 2012, since you were on the All Gen Gamers uh, podcast. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I just wanted to kind of share my thoughts on uh, my kind of my gaming goals you kind of had mentioned in your last podcast. Um, a couple of goals that I had for myself this year is that I um, was not going to buy anything new and also just play what I have kind of in my ongoing, ever-growing backlog, as, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Um, so just try to maybe not buy any new games this this uh, year and and just focus on playing what I have. Uh, another thing, another gaming goal that I have uh, this year is to kind of um, dwindle down my collection a little bit and just kind of keep some of the core stuff that I have, um, or just keep the stuff that is uh, that I like the most that I have a nostalgic attachment to. So yeah, it makes total recently sense. We just sold off a bunch of stuff, and my collection's a little bit smaller, but I think I can appreciate it a little bit more. 
um, <clears throat> that I have less, and I can just focus on what I like. So yeah, that makes anyway, sense. keep up the good work. I uh, love the podcast. Love what you're doing, and I will talk to you later. Bye, Ryan. Thank you so much for the call. That was you said so many great things in there. I'm gonna try to break down a little bit. Um, not buying new games and focusing on the games that you currently have. Yes, I think that re that resonates very well um, with me and with I think a lot of people as well. We've had we've had many years of collecting, and sometimes that collection can get overwhelming. And sometimes we won't get around to playing all these games, and we have a ton that we may not have even seen or played or know anything about. And so, yeah, I understand that completely. And you also talked about you are going to start maybe consolidating and moving some games out and so that it will make you appreciate what you have more. Maybe it will allow you to engage with the games that you have more. And also you said a great thing there, keeping the ones that you have an attachment to or are nostalgic for. I think that's really, really smart. I, I have something kind of similar to that. My collection is crazy when it comes to certain, certain things. There was a time, the right time, the right place, when people were literally giving stuff away, right? Like PS1, like there's a cycle. There's a, there's a collection, a, a collecting cycle for all consoles. It's a little more difficult today, but from basically the early 90s all the way through probably, I would say 2008, 2009, that was about when it stopped. But there was a cycle where you could just go in and people would just give shit away. I've had people just give me boxes of shit because they're like, yeah, no one wants this crap. And nobody wanted that crap. I was like the only one who wanted it, right? And so, I mean, a lot of people can relate to that. So, um, and my point in all this is saying it would be wise of me. It would, it would be good if I could kind of get rid of some of that and consolidate it and keep the stuff that, like you said, Ryan, that you're nostalgic for, that you are interested in, that you'd want to play and that it's a little bit more manageable and it makes sense and also helps declutter your mind too a bit, I think, which is really, really nice. Great, great question. And I think that's fantastic. Hey man, play those games, play those games that you, uh, that you, uh, need to get to and, uh, you know, get rid of the ones you don't. I think that's great. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you for the call, Ryan. Really appreciate that. Uh, here's another one up. Let's pull this one up. Click on play message. Oh, we're looking good here. My little iPad takes a little second here. He's kind of a slow, slow going. There we go. Mr. Heine, this is Cameron Johnson. Just wanted to leave a comment. Uh, gaming resolutions or gaming goals 2020. Uh, well, for me, uh, like a lot of a lot of people probably did, um, I sold all my Genesis games uh, when the EverDrive came out, and I regret that. Immensely so. Mm. My goal is to rebuild that collection, which I've started to do, but also do so responsibly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to kind of get, uh, to kind of get, I don't know, you're collecting to get too too much into the hunt, as you guys probably it's, all know. It's so. just what I was saying. Responsible exactly. collecting, build that uh, Genesis collection, and uh, that's it. All right. Well, thanks for all you do, man. Take care. I appreciate the call, Cameron. Thank you. Okay. You said some great stuff, too. I want to talk about. Okay, I'm going to need a follow-up from you. I don't care if you do it in Discord and write to me. I don't care if you send another message here and I'll, we'll talk. Uh, I don't care if you just email me, whatever. I want to follow up with you because 
we have talked about this. Steph and I have talked about getting rid of some of our collections in relation to getting an EverDrive. We haven't done it. We, we thought about it. We thought about it for the Genesis. We thought about it for the Master System. I even thought about it for my N64 at one point. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I still want to get one. I think they're great. But I want to follow up with you. You sold your Genesis collections and you obviously regret that. And you're trying to get them back. Why? I want to know why. What, what is the problem with the EverDrive? And I want to know. I want Because actually, we partnered with um, Stone Age Gamer uh, when I was doing Game on Expo. We partnered with Stone Age and they sent us like 10 or 15 EverDrives. And we had it, we had them all loaded up and they were in our free play arcade for all the people to come and play and stuff. And I loved it. They came in the cool clamshell. They were amazing and loaded up. And I, I was like, this is, this is incredible. You're playing it on the original hardware, original controllers. Like this is basically like the ultimate way to play these games, like have them all together. And I'm like, you're not emulating it because they're all, it's pulling the data from the cartridge. Right. So like, that makes sense. I think that's really cool. But why are you getting your Genesis games back? Is it, does it not play well? Is there something wrong with the EverDrive? Is it glitchy? Is there like weird stuff, artifact? Like, I just want to know, like straight up, like tell me how it is because we haven't done it yet. We've thought about doing it down the road, but like, why, why are you doing that? Very, very interesting. You also had a, a, a catchphrase in there that I thought was really, really great. Uh, responsible collecting. I mean, I was just talking about this with Ryan on the last call. Uh, yeah, it could get out of hand, right? <laughs> it could get fucking crazy. So responsible collecting. That's something that I had to learn how to do. I know how to do it now, which is great, but that's something I really did have to learn how to do. I used to go in and just clean up and just buy whatever, like, because they were, oh, it's a dollar, blah, 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 blah. But now I go in, I look at games. Hey, I may not buy anything. I may just look. No, I'm, I don't. Like I may have a stack and this was something that Steph and I started to do. We do this after every time we go out, if we're looking for games or just shopping, whatever we grab first round, first pass, we grab all the stuff. Oh, we want blah, 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 blah. At, when we're ready to check out, we go, okay, let's go assess the situation. We go to a table, sit down, whatever we put on. Like, okay. Do we really want this? Do we need this? And most of the time we're like, no, on almost everything. We put it all back. Maybe we get one game out of a stack of like 20 games. And so that is the responsible collector that has come out in us now, which is great because, hey, look, man, money doesn't just grow on trees. And, you know, we have enough games. We Our backlog is fucking crazy, right? So I think that's really, really smart. Responsible collecting. I really like that term. Cameron, thanks for the call. I think that was fantastic. You said a lot of really, really great stuff in there. Um, okay, we're gonna move on. We got, uh, I think four more calls here. See, this is great. I love this. I, I, I really, my envision for this was to have every episode have like, you know, two, three, four, whatever, like voice calls or even just one, you know, of just like a conversation with, with friends. We're all, we're all in this. I would say, Hey, we're all in this shit together. All right. We got to stick together. So I think this is great. It's always so good to talk with you guys. I appreciate that. Let's continue on. We got a couple more here. Hey, Jay, it's Vampire Mike from Sega CD Universe. So um, getting older, I find it really difficult to make time and even have interest sometimes to play games. So this year, my gaming goal for the new year is to go back 
and play all the games I missed that I bought <laughs> that I either never played or hardly played. That's it. I'm not going to move forward till I go back and <laughs> play all the ones I missed out on. Totally. Retro, Saturn, or, you know, even the newer stuff like Xbox One. All right, bro. Hope you and your family are well. Take care. Be good. Mike, thank you for the call. Absolutely appreciate that. Are we all not in this shit together? It's just what I'm saying. It resonates with everyone. We need to go back to our back catalog, play these old games. Absolutely agree. That's so funny. You know, sometimes we get blinded. You know, we get blinded by the lights and the glamour and the glitz of the new stuff. But you know what? We have quality, great games from back in the day. There's nothing wrong with these games. They're fantastic. And they're a great snapshot and moment in time. They encompassed everything great about that era at those times. And they're going to bring back those nostalgic memories. That's so funny that like so far, all three of us that we've on the calls here have been pretty much identical. That's exactly it. I think we're, we're all in this shit together. Hey man, good luck. Have fun. Yeah. Play that Sega Saturn, man. Play that Saturn. I need to bust my Saturn out and play some more of that, man. I, um, and when was it? 2012. I think it was 2012. 2011, I imported virtual racing uh, from Japan uh, for my Saturn because I, I didn't realize it at the time that the Saturn's uh, region free. I had no idea. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, man, I need to start importing some games. So I imported a couple games and yeah, it was way cool, man. Just way cool. It's a great console. A great console. It does a lot, does a lot of things right. Doesn't do everything right, but it does a lot of stuff right. And I think, um, it's just a great moment in time, right? Absolutely. Vampire Mike, thank you for the call. Sega CD Universe in the house, representing on the Heine house. Absolutely. All right, we got a couple more calls. Let's take them. Ooh, a Flack one. Can I play Flack? I'm sure iPad will play Flack. Oh, it sure will. Can we tell this one's from Alice? It says, from Alice. Hi, Jason and everybody else listening. Alice here. So my big gaming goal for the year is to finish more games than I buy. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of great games coming out every year, and I tend to buy quite a few of them because I'm interested in a lot of them. And I just don't have time for them all. Mm -hmm. You all know how it is. You buy a bunch and then some of the games get pushed back to the backlog. So this year, I really want to focus on the backlog and just... Try not to buy any games, except maybe one or two that I'm just absolutely dying to play. And so my big goal for the year is to just focus on the backlog, and then the games I missed this year, I'll buy in the future when they're cheaper. So it saves me some money to do that as well. Totally, yeah. So that's my gaming goal for the year. Alice, thank you so much for the call. Absolutely appreciate it, and appreciate your support newly now on Patreon. Thank you so much. You said some incredible stuff in there. And I, again, we're all in this together. Backlog. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to name this episode tackling the backlog or something like that. Like playing the backlog. I don't know. I'll figure something out with backlog in the title because that's exactly what this episode's about. At least all these questions, all this conversation is fantastic. You said something at the very end of that, that sparked something for me. You talked about 
you're not going to buy anything new unless you absolutely have to, unless you absolutely know you want to play it and are interested in that. But you said you're going to buy them later when they're on sale uh, and when they're cheaper. This is such a good strategy. Um, a strategy that most of us collectors have is that we don't buy stuff day one, right? We don't buy stuff when it comes out. I cannot tell you how many consoles I have just cleaned house with, just cleaned up with when they were at their end of life. Xbox 360, prime example. I got the 360 when it came out, Red Ring of Death. I got another 360, Red Ring of Death. After my second one, I said, fuck Xbox 360, and I didn't get another one. I returned that shit, got my money back, and I just fucking sat on it, right? 2010 rolls around. They're introducing the Xbox 360 Slim. 250 gigabytes, flashy new, uh, uh, nice shiny case. Looks good, comes with the controller, came with like four games. It's bundled, came bundled with a TV, whatever the fuck. That was a great time to get one. And that's when I did get one. And what else? Games are dirt cheap. Why? Because this new faux bojangled uh, rumor about a new Xbox is coming. And then what happened when the announcement of the Xbox One came? What happened to the 360 games? Fucking tons of them. It's flooded. Did the same thing with PS2. Did the same thing with PSP. Dude, I bought a, I bought a, a fucking brand new PSP from Walmart. All right? For nothing. For just dirt cheap. Amazon was giving away games for like three, four, five bucks a pop. Factory sealed PSP games. I'm fighting off a sneeze. Sorry. Ugh. And same thing. If you are able to wait, and Alice, you're such, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's such a good thing. If you can wait, if you can really sit there and say, I don't need to get this shit day one. I'll wait. And wait three, four, maybe five years. You can then clean up and get an entire collection of shit. I never had a PSP when they came out. I never bought one. My friends had one. I played. I thought it was cool. It was great. It's a portable PlayStation 2. Awesome. I never owned my own until they were blowing them out. Yeah, it's great. That's, that's how you do it. Absolutely how you do it. I think that's fantastic. Said a lot of great stuff in there. Great, great stuff there. Yeah, play that backlog. Get in there and have fun and uh, don't buy any new stuff. Hey, if we're all kind of feeling this way, maybe developers will see that. Hey, I don't know. I mean, we we tell developers with our wallets and our purses, right? That's how we tell them. Got a couple more questions here. Let's do it. Pop it on here. This is great. This is so much fun. I, I love chatting with you guys. Hey, Jason. It's Glav responding to your uh, call for uh, voice comments on uh, our gaming goals yes. for 2020. What's up, Glav? Now, my goal is to finally tackle my backlog. <laughs> I'm because out. Because, as out. you know, if you don't make an effort to play <laughs> the games you have, so just your backlog is just going to keep growing. Yes. And that's what mine's done for the past 10 years. So I'm going to try and make an effort to play one new game a week for the course of 2020 and try to complete as many of them as I can. Because there's a lot of games that I have that I've frankly never played. Right. I don't know much about them, and I'd like to make an effort to 
try all these new games that I don't even have to buy. I already have them. So that's my goal for 2020. Uh, keep on podcasting and uh, look forward to listening to the new episode. <laughs> have we all spoken? We have all spoken. This is exactly it. Tackling the backlog. That's what I'm going to name the episode. Tackling the backlog. That's really what it is. Um, Glav, I'm going to suggest you play Garfield Kart Racing first. I want you to 100% complete that. <laughs> Glav, we go way back. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we've all said it. I think that is really the truest of true. You know, and you said you set a time frame. You said the last ten years. Ten years is, is a lot. There's a lot that's happened in ten years. You know, we talk about we go back ten years. That's 2010 as of recording this. And the thing is, is that in that time, collecting has kind of spiked. Like it wasn't shit at the beginning, and then all of a sudden it was like boom. And then there's been this huge resurgence in like the 2016, 2017. Like, uh, man, it's like oh, it's cool and trendy to be like oh, in 2014, oh, I love Nintendo. Like, oh, I'm really trendy and cool. You know, like it's gone through these phases. So, um, I feel that. It's, it was easy to buy stuff, right? So that's what, that's what we're all kind of coming to. It's, it was easy to buy stuff, easy to get stuff. And we did, and we got a lot of stuff. And it can be overwhelming. Um, and like we talked about a little bit earlier is, you know, sometimes we got to consolidate, consolidate the collection, get it to be something that's more manageable, something that's that we can like actually look at and hold and say, okay, I can play these games. I'm into these games. I think this would be great. And you know what? If you're not, you can sell it or get rid of it or trade it or do whatever, you know? So... Um, I think that's great, but yeah, tackling the backlog, man, that's it. Set it in a nutshell. And thank you for the support, Glav. Really appreciate that. I know you always, you always come out to the streams. You always represent, you say, hi, you're always in discord. Just, I, I appreciate it, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we just have one more call and, um, on behalf of the entire Heine family, um, I'm just going to say, I apologize for this one. Here you go. Hi, Jason. This is your dad. And I just binge watched Dr. Pimple Popper. And I'm scared. I watched so much I got a boil on my butt. And there's a knock at the door. Who is it? No, you're not going to see my ass. No, no. And I hope now it's totally clear to you all. And then you understand completely where I get it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Heinehouse.com is the website. You want to send a voicemail over 503-908-5490 or record yourself and email it over to heinehouselive at gmail.com. We have a discord where we have a great community of like-minded gamers and tech heads in there. Come on over. It's in the show notes. Click the links. There's a bunch of links in the show notes, to be honest. All the stuff's down there. But the main hub, heinehouse.com. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening. In fact, we're going we're gonna to say goodbye. By I'm going to play another song, as I always do, as we round out the show. I'm going to play a song off of my recent album called Couple Skate, taking you back to the roller skating rink, to the cotton candy to the Ices 
in the world. This is a song that I call Feels Right. Yes, yes, y'all. Jay Hine, y'all. On the beat, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Good night. It's just what I feel. You break down my wall. This is the Pledged the most on my 2012 campaign Been in the game since Woodgrain That's a long time like Atari cartridges Loves like heat from AZ streets Drop the top, you're in my passenger seat You got my back like it always has been I can tell by the corners of your eyes You are not a disguise Yeah, I'm trying to get my mind right With all these late nights working overtime When I had that financial assignment You sold off your collection, you put it in consignment Ups and downs, ins and outs And when it comes to you, girl, I never had doubts I don't want this to come off cheeky But I'm like your I.O.V. and you're my little Stevie (laughs) Appreciate the love and wisdom And hopefully someday I can repay Even if you take a second out your day Pick up the phone, let it be known You mean more to me than anything I'll never turn my back and walk Real talk we don't even gotta hit the club tonight. I'd rather stay at home tonight, cause this feels right. Yeah. It's just what I feel. You break down my wall. And this is the spite. It's just how I feel. Despite the fact that you know I'm crazy, <laughs> but it still feels right. This feels right.